DJ Thomas, and you're listening to Frequency Interrupted. All right, what's up, podcast? We're back this week. It's a new year. I have two guys with me today, both entrepreneurs. I have Mr. Tommy Sparks, and I have Clay Hargett. Tommy, let's get into uh, how you got started and a little bit about you, man. Man, so that's uh, kind of a long story if we're actually going all the way back to the beginning. So I grew up, you know, in a really small city. Um, I know in some of the other podcasts, I heard some of those people talking, and it's roughly the same thing. It was, uh, I think our graduating class had like 35, you know, in it, so total. Uh, but I had no plans on doing anything computer-related, anything even business-related along that line. At that point, actually, I thought I was going to be a heart surgeon. Okay. So that's what I went to school for. Uh, after high school, that's what I went to college for. So I was a biochemistry major for a couple of years in college before I decided I hate hospitals. You can't stand them. They smell funny. <laughs> and so at that point, I was like, you know what? This is not going to work. And so I did a little shift. Didn't know what I was going to do for a little bit and ended up catching on a job uh, with a uh, telecommunications company. So we pulled cable, you know, things of that sort, installed some telephone systems. And that's where I really got into technology, I would say. And from there, that's where I uh, eventually wanted to get into computers. We had a computer department at that company, although I wasn't in it for a little while. Uh, but a few years in, they had some transitioning happen there. They lost all of their computer department. So I had already been learning, and so he just kind of put me in that area. So I started running the computer department um, for them about three years in, and then the rest kind of took off. And I didn't really start my own company until much later. That was in 2005, and that's because of another company that I worked for that was computer-related. Uh, I started doing some things that... Um, I just didn't want to do that way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's not my belief system. Gotcha. So I uh, went out on my own more out of necessity than, than that. I thought I was going to be this great big entrepreneur. And so when that happened, it was really rough because then it's learned by doing and crashed and burned so many times, you know, made no money. Yep. Wonder how you're going to put food on the table. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think my first year. I made $16,000 Okay, my first year. That's, that's rough. That's not a lot of money. <laughs> that was bad. And um, had a tiny apartment, you know, it was an efficiency apartment. So it, it, was, it was terrible. Uh, behind on bills, had all kinds of issues because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, disagreed with the tax man, you know, a couple times. Yeah. So uh, got behind on taxes even at one point because I thought, you know, well, I'll show you, oh, I'll pay you. And they showed me, and so that didn't work out. So I had to, you know, I had to learn, you know, the really hard way and, and even test some boundaries and see how that stuff worked out. Uh, and, you know, and then eventually, of course, catch on right up. Uh, and even still, I was young. I would say young and dumb. And as long as I finally got to where I was making enough money to kind of survive, I thought, that's enough. That's good. You know, make it okay. You know, I can eat. I don't have to live this extravagant lifestyle. Yeah. So I was happy with that. And things started changing. Um, actually, uh, one part that I don't talk about much is what changed for me that was really big was I had uh, some seizures and I was on an airplane when it happened and it really kind of scrambled, you know, for a little bit, it kind of scrambled my head and I lost some memories and stuff out of that. And then things, you know, were kind of, I had to relearn a few things afterwards. Oh, okay. And, because it was like, you know, I know how, I, you know, my, my muscle memory wants to tell me how to do some things. Like one client in particular, I've done their work before. So even back when I was a phone guy, I did their phone system. Yeah. So I've known them for so many years. 
And so I went in and it was something minor on a computer setup and I was I was kind of lost for a minute. I was like, what am I doing? I know I need to do, and I kind of had to get back into it. And things like I would be driving to go to a client's location and forget where I was going yeah. you know, on the way there. Crazy. It like really messed me up for a little bit. And so I learned at that point, I said, you know what, because I was in the hospital for about a week. And obviously while I'm in the hospital, no work is getting done. Yeah. And so I'm starting to panic. I was like, you know, I, this is not good. And I used to say, I have a business, I have a business. But what I found out is, no, I had a job, mm -hmm. not a business. And when I wasn't there, that no longer worked. Yep. So that was not a business. And I need to make some changes. I need to make some adjustments and fix that in case something ever happens again. And so I really made some transitions and eventually joined a networking group uh, local to the area. And that's where I really started pushing hard. And that was probably around 2008 or so, somewhere in that range. How far, in, how far into the business or how far into your own business at that point was it? How many years in? Um, you know, it was probably more like 2012, actually. So I was already several years, several years gotcha. into the business. But I mean, you know, like I said, I was very complacent. So yeah. you're talking doing numbers wise, I was doing 40,000 maybe a year. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, before taxes and everything's coming out. So I mean, it was a very mediocre job, yeah. if you want to call it that. Um, and then, so it was probably more like 2010, 2012 then uh, that I joined that networking group. And then, Everything started changing. Everything started growing. Really pushed yeah. and, and changed my whole mindset. Okay. You know, got out of my house working. I so was no longer working out of the house. I started making adjustments to that, which that was a process too. But I'd start forming the company to be a business and change. You know, you've got to change everything about it. You yeah. got to change your whole, you know, mechanic. And you got to take a big step back because the money that you're just kind of blowing now has to go to overhead yep. and go to all these other things. And it was it was a big adjustment, but it's worked out much for the better since then. And, yeah. You know, and so now you're where you're at now you, that for that while you were one person, one employee uh, in your business. Now where you're at, how, how many employees do you have? I think I have five, five employees, employees now. and you have a storefront, I have a storefront vehicles out doing several know, service work for yeah. service work. Awesome. Um, I've bought out four companies at yeah. this point in the last four years. So, uh, that's been interesting. And actually, I found a passion that, that I didn't know I had, uh, which is buying other companies, you know, dealing with acquisitions. Yeah. I love it. That's you know, cool. I love it. It's, it's exciting. I'm sure that's interesting. Because you really have to dig in and kind of do your homework yeah. and do your research, and, and I thrive on that kind of stuff. And, okay. and then you got to sit at the table, and then you're playing a lot. There's a lot of psychology, you know, that goes back and forth. And yeah, that, of course. Because you know, everybody starts out thinking it's worth mm -hmm. this. And it's kind of like real estate. Yeah. You think you got something worth something. You well, and, test the market like, hey, you only have this. So. You know, they put, just like me now, you know, I put all this time and work and, and heart mm -hmm. and effort into it. And I put a value on that, but they're, they're really No, there's no value on no that value when it comes to acquisitions. Yeah. Well, um, well, cool, man. So, Clay, let's hear a little bit about how you got rolling because I know you have a background and you were in oil and gas and now you're into glass manufacturing. So, yeah. how did that come up to play? Oh, thank you, DJ. Um, first of all, I'm a big fan of your podcast. Thanks. Glad to be here today. I'm kind of the opposite of a lot of your guests. I, I grew up in a large town, uh -huh. and um, uh, I, I grew up in a suburban neighborhood of Houston, Texas, and uh, my dad worked in the oil and gas business, and the, the community where I grew up in, both parents worked, so after school, a lot of kids in high school were at home without a parent being there, and 
as you can imagine, a lot of people were, were running wild. Yeah. Uh, but also, it, it was interesting growing up in a in a suburb that large, because you know my school was a five A high school, so it was really competitive. And uh, at the time, I didn't really appreciate being competitive with my peers. Uh, I didn't really like it. I I didn't have a desire for it, and so I felt like I was kind of getting lost in the numbers. So anyway. Um, from there, I went to Centenary College, and I had a great time, made some friends for life there. Um, I was in a fraternity there, and a lot of those guys went on to be successful. Got a great education. Uh, it was It's a very well-rounded education, exposure to fine arts. It's a little art school. Uh, got a degree in geology, and then uh, I ended up working in IT. That was around the Y2K era. Mm-hmm. Uh, moved to Dallas and worked in IT, and um, really liked the hands-on technical side of things. Uh, kind of like Tommy and uh, so from there um, I ended up working in the oil and gas industry but doing IT service in-house uh, for a couple of different operators like Anadarko Petroleum, El Paso Exploration and Production. Uh, while I was there I realized that um, I, I, I realized I might like to work as a geologist and get back to my degree and so I tried to defy the odds and work as a geologist without a degree, and I was on track to do that, but then the housing crash hit, so I realized I had to get the, the education, the piece of paper. Yeah. Worked. Okay, so I did that. I got a master's degree at University of Houston. Uh, my, we were expecting our second child. We wanted to move, and I, was, I really wanted to start a new job, and man, if I couldn't figure out how to finish my education, all of that, you know, the Hargett family plan, so to speak, wouldn't have come to fruition, and so that was another grind grinding time in my life it was also exciting and um, you know my wife is a hero because she really sacrificed in order for me to get an education and I will forever be grateful for that and uh, so anyway um, I worked in as a geologist in the oil and gas industry for nearly five years uh, drilling a lot of wells from Houston but in Montana and uh, North Dakota okay we were steering those wells remotely and there are two mile laterals and it was really exciting time working around the clock and I worked with some great people some really bright engineers some of which went to Louisiana Tech I have a great respect for that school the engineering department Uh, but then I ended up getting laid off um, about four years ago now Um, since I worked in the oil and gas industry that would that that happened to be the ninth round of layoffs that I've gone through this happened to be the third round at this particular company and we were 300 employees so by the time they got to the third round they cut pretty deep and uh, they, they cut my team in half and they kept those that were relatively new uh, you know not far out of school so once I got laid off I really got to think about my work-life balance and what did I really want to do in life and um, I have a friend of 15 plus years now who, who lives here and I was kind of his sounding board he had a construction business and uh, I was his sounding board because I wasn't in town, right? Because word travels fast in Shreveport. And I got to learn over all those years how he runs his business. Yeah. Always wanted to invest with him. I wanted to start some sort of a venture with him because he and I are very type A and very similar in how we like to run things. So we started a little glass and mirror resale installation business together with a third partner. And that was a great time. That was in April of 17, and I was commuting from Houston to help get that venture off the ground. And then I realized I could make a full-time opportunity out of it. And I was commuting four hours one way, twice a week. My wife sent me an email a page long. My <laughs> wife's from Shreveport. And um, 
her family's here. We didn't live in a, in a town with grandparents. And she said, Clay, these are the reasons why I think we should move. And I'd already been thinking about it for three months. Yeah. I was living with my partner during the week at his home. And all I could write back was, I completely agree. Let's do it. <laughs> and man, it, it doesn't ever feel like home. You know, I went to yeah. school here. I always thought it'd be a great place to raise a family. It is. I mean, uh, I don't miss the grind. There's no pressure when my feet hit the carpet yeah. in terms of competing with everybody, you know, thousands of people to get to work every day. Mm-hmm. Every second you're late is compounded on the other end of the commute. I was able to focus, I'm able to focus more on my family and work too, but I, I can take my kids to school. Right. I can be at practice. And it's just the quality of life here is, it's, it's amazing. A lot of people like to leave the small town for the big town, yeah. for the large city, but man, I'm, I'm the polar opposite of that. It's a great, it is a great environment, a great part of the country to, to be an entrepreneur also because uh, there are a lot of proactive investors in this community. Yeah. And uh, they all uh, are seeking to revive the local economy. And man, I'm so fortunate to be in this part of the country. And I'm glad to have some ties here from college. And of course, my wife's family. And we're married over 14, 13, 14 years now. So anyway, that's kind of where I am. And so um, while I was at this um, Aquatex glass and mirror, while I had this glass and mirror installation business, my partner realized he was um, really behind the eight ball on getting glass delivered, tempered glass delivered like shower doors mm-hmm. on time and, and measured and cut correctly and not broken. And the nearest uh, supplier is Dallas. And so he's like, you know what? I'm, I'm sick of this, man. We got to do something about this. So we looked at we looked at the market and sure enough, there's a giant hole in the mm-hmm. supply right here in Shreveport. There's never been a tempering furnace here in Shreveport. So we had the idea, we saw the problem, uh, we knew how to fix it. Um, so we, we scrambled together and came up with our first business model. Then we realized, hey, we're 40 something years old, we wanna do this right. And we wanna, we wanna hedge our bets, we, wanna, we want to risk uh, the profile of our venture to make it a low risk type of a venture. So in order to do that, we know what the, our model needs to be, but we need to hire some MBAs to help us through this process and hopefully uh, whoever we hire has a strong uh, connection to the investment community. Right. So we reached out to an attorney in town who's also a family advisor for, for my partner, and he's like, look, you gotta go talk to these guys down here at, at you know John George and the BRF and the Entrepreneurial Accelerator Program. And that's exactly what we did. I mean, we teamed up with them and their team of MBAs and our project manager helped us develop over time a really rock solid business model. and. We pitched our model for, gosh, nearly a year, a little more, and uh, we got halfway through the raise, and we went in front of the North Louisiana Angel Fund, and they gave us a commitment, uh, but we stalled out around halfway through the raise, and by that time, we, had, we got to our last investor, who is now our partner, and um, by the time we showed him the model, we had shown it so many times, we were hoping and praying it was bulletproof, and he really liked the model, and uh, I'm sure he, when he saw it, he realized it could probably work, and we rework, reworked the model with him and how he likes to do things inside of his organization. And long story short, we moved in November the 1st. Uh, we bought a bunch of equipment. It's all delivered and set up, and we should be in production in the middle of this. That's month. awesome. So you um, basically come from a big town to a small town, uh, found a hole in the market, got with some um, local investors, and a friend of yours started a business, and now... 
this business is going actually going to employ upwards of 50 people or more, right, locally? That's right. So okay. we have 15 to date, and we should we can grow to 50. Gotcha. And uh, we have one investor primarily. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, so for just because I want to give you know listeners value, um, I think it's important for everyone to hear exactly where you come from and where you're at now. Where you guys cross up, I see a lot. As both of you were, you have you're in IT now, Tommy, which is information technology. For listeners who don't know, basically working on computers, helping people with um, you know whatever it may be support wise on any kind of technology based system. Right. And then Clay, you were in that industry when it comes to oil and gas. And so, how does the industries differ now? So, basically, Tommy, if you were to put your industry in a nutshell, explaining it to someone who has no idea what, what it is, what would you say? That's tough, especially when it comes to IT, because it's yeah. always changing. Right. So what it was, you know, 10, 15 years ago is not what we do now. Right. Everything's, you know, pushing cloud. Mm -hmm. um, even though this area kind of resists some of that push and technology, we lag behind a little bit. Yeah. But it's still, you know, we're hitting, because cloud's been around for a while now, so that's where most things are pushing. But there's a lot of mis- uh, conceptions on what that means is oh well now my data is vulnerable and all this I hear about all these breaches of, of all of these things when it's actually way more vulnerable for that data to sit in your office okay it's got a lot more access. what's funny to me is the cloud's been around for a while we've all been using it for the past five years and no one just knew what to call it I think you know what I mean <laughs> but it's a term that's thrown around cloud yeah. everybody talks about cloud, cloud cloud all cloud means is it's somebody else's computer right that's it there's no mystic anything behind it it's mm -hmm. nothing crazy fancy um, it's just a computer sitting in a data warehouse somewhere. Yep. They probably have rows and rows and banks of them, and you know that's where data lives. And of course, they have redundant internet, so you don't lose access to it. But th there's nothing special about it. Well, so coming from that industry, IT to what you're doing now in manufacturing, or just coming from oil and gas and IT to manufacturing, what's the shift there you've seen? Oh, you know, that's like, a, to put that like a nutshell. Yeah. So you know, um, I think of our business as. Um, Kind of like a, well, it's manufacturing, right? It's uh, driving a product from start to finish. Right. If you think about oil and gas, you do that a lot, mm -hmm. right? Uh, from supply chain to punching the holes to getting the getting the well on production. And so uh, we that's what we're doing in, with this glass company is we're buying the raw material and we're cutting it down and taking it from start to finish. And all along the way, we need to rely on software, the cloud. Yeah. Uh, we, we rely on... Uh, bandwidth um, and so I'm really thankful to have a diverse background and exposure to some of these other things that can help help me with that knowledge and I have a great deal of respect for what Tommy does and is dealing with because it tells me that he is probably really flexible uh, he probably stays ahead of the times and especially with cutting-edge and state-of-the-art technology and somebody like myself who has enough technical knowledge to know what I need, mm -hmm. I'm not hesitant at all to ask somebody like Tommy for his advice because he's going to help me flatten the curve. I'm right. already open to the technology. Right. I need somebody like Tommy to help me flatten the learning curve mm -hmm. and help me to become a lot more efficient and really stay ahead of my competitors ultimately. Yeah, because most of the time you see uh, someone come in from IT, you're like, oh, I'm scared of that. I don't want anything to do with that stuff. And a lot of times it makes it even that much harder to deal with a client because they don't really know, they don't understand the importance of it. Or they're scared of it, they don't understand the benefits of it, or they don't understand it at all. Right. So it makes it difficult to deal with. So, Clay, you said you have you have two children, right? I do. How old yeah. are they? Uh, 11 and 7. Okay, so, and Tommy, you have two children as well. Two children. How old are your kids? One and three. Okay, okay, so, Clay, you had yours a little early yeah. on before you got into the mix. Yeah. And, Tommy, you got into the mix. Way late. 
<laughs> you got into the mix before having kids. So what was the reason in there? I'm interested to hear that. So I was always, um, I guess just my mentality was, yeah. uh, if I'm, I'm only going to ever get married once. Okay. And, and even still, I say that now, you know, which uh, I love my wife to death and nothing, you know, I don't ever foresee anything there. But right. if it did, I will not get married again. Right. That was, this is my one. Okay. Um, and then outside of that, so going through all the years, it was there is a balance when you're starting a company and you're you're really having to dig the trenches in the beginning. I don't want to say there's no, you, you know, there's room for whatever you make room for, but that's not something I was going to make room for. That's so um, I was work. Everything's work. Yep. You know, work, work, work. And so it got to where a normal day was 12 to 14 hours. Mm -hmm. And then it was six days, seven days a week. Because what I would do whenever I was still working out of my house is when I mainly did commercial, but everybody that worked at all those businesses that had their personal issues, they still wanted me to resolve those. Right. So throughout the week, I would pile up all these computers and take them home. And then so my room would get piled up with all these computers. Then over the weekend, I would fix all the computers that I had over the weekend and then deliver them back as I went the next week, yeah. you know, job to job. So there was just not a lot of time. So I just didn't, I guess I just didn't put much, I won't say I didn't put much value in it, but they just I had different yeah. goals. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's where I'm at right now. I mean, I'm, I'm focused on, hey, I'm trying to grow a business working 12 to 14 hours a day. That's not something on my radar. But then you have someone like, which it's all great, but I want listeners to hear these differences. Like you started a business, you grinded it out by yourself. Then you found someone later on to share your life with, have kids with. After your business, you know, kind of started getting into what the flow of your business and growing it. Whereas, you know, it wasn't even going to be, you know, I would say, so obviously I still want a companionship. I was right. getting older, yeah. you know, um, I'm 42 okay. at this point. So I was, you know, as life was, life's not going to stop. Right. So it was still pushing. Mm -hmm. So I already knew most people in the town, you know, I, I'm very well connected, I would say, especially after the networking I've done yeah. and being born and raised here. So I already knew a lot of the people I've dated and stuff, obviously along that line and, and just really couldn't find what I was looking for. Yeah. I did not want a ready-made family, you know, that I go into, you right. know, there's already, you know, how many kids and all this. So I had, still, I had this you know, mindset of what I was looking for and couldn't find it here. And I knew that. So what I ended up doing is I went on match.com. Nice. Okay. And so I used this online dating thing. And where that really worked out is for me, whenever I finally found my wife is she didn't live here. She yeah. lived down South, yeah. you know, about five hours away from me. So being that she was still in college and I was on the grind here, she didn't feel neglected by me at work all the time. Gotcha. And then I would just go, you know, of course we did this long-term or long distance, I mean, relationship for a couple of years. Okay. And, but nobody felt neglected. She needed time to do schoolwork. Right. I'm fine with that. I needed time to focus on my company. Okay. She's fine with that. So that's really how it, it worked out. Uh, I just want to say, you know, DJ, I'm, I'm 42 also. Yeah. And man, I can really relate to what Tommy is saying because I'm the polar opposite of that. Right, and that's what I was, that's yeah. kind of, I noticed that. Yeah. I was like, let's talk about it. It, it actually fits kind of kind of good. Um, I decided that I wanted to be my own boss so I could spend more time with my family. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's kind of how how I came to be. And um, the our company name is a mashup of our children's names. Two, I have two children and my partner has two children. And so every day I can think about, well, what, did it, what is it that I'm working for? Right? Yeah. But it also is challenging, right? Because we all care about work and we all care about our craft. Um, it's challenging to make sure that I can be there when I need to be. Uh, and it, tell myself it's okay 
let myself if I need to go home and do something with the kids and family. But, yeah. But I can totally relate to the the time in your life when you're trying to build the empire, so to speak, mm-hmm. and you've got to do the time. Uh, I can totally relate to that. And this well, so happens that I'm, I worked out a little different. Than that. Right. But so from another from another side of it, you have you were in a business in an industry. And then you wasn't planning. I mean, I guess maybe in the back of your mind, you probably thought, hey, this could, I could get laid off at some point. Because I was in that industry and I went through it, so I know how it is. Right. Um, so you're always in the back of your head, okay, what's what's plan B if this always. happens? That's right. So you're already raising a family at that point. So are you? how do you get shifted into the start a business mindset? Well, I think for me, it, it primarily came from, it came from the pressure and the environment that I was working in every day. Okay. Maybe you can relate to that, or maybe Tommy can relate to that too, but when I didn't have that pressure anymore, I realized that I, I experienced a different, it just felt like a whole new life. Yeah. Like, wow, this is amazing not to have this pressure. And so I chose, or I thought about, well, what would I like to do to become my own, to be my own boss? Yeah. And so that's kind of what I decided to do. And now the pressure is still there, but it's completely different, mm-hmm. right? And so um, I don't feel like I'm competing with my peers on a daily basis. I'm not working in a cutthroat environment. Right. I'm working in an environment where I can build it from the ground up and I can hire folks to come in and help help them see what our culture has to offer, which is polar opposite of anything that I've ever worked in before. Okay. Well, I mean, I can relate there because I remember being in the industry where it's a rat race and I was trying to get on top. And take the boss's job, you know, since it's like right. it's a, you're, you're out for the blood, <laughs> you're trying to get ahead and win. Yeah. And then now in this industry, being in business for yourself, I still, you say I work for myself, but really, no, you you still work for all of your clients. That's I, I really do work for all my clients. That's so right. it's like, I don't think you can ever really be your own boss. I just don't think yeah. it's possible because it's like, if I'm not working for someone at the top of the totem pole at a, at a you know, a corporate world, now I'm working for all of my clients that I've generated and kept really, and then you, you know, it's, it's, it's just a different feel there. Oh yeah. You go from one boss to hundreds of thousands. <laughs> exactly. And, but it's not the battle anymore. It's a battle of, um, you know, giving them good service versus trying to make someone happy based on, you know, one little mindset. So I think it's a better, you know, it's a more diverse and, and easier play, you yeah. know, business wise. Yeah. But I mean, guys, so that being said, like, so I really want to talk about since, you know, it's a new year, we're talking about good, positive, you know, everyone's setting their goals, everyone wants to lose 10 pounds or, you know, get a six pack or start their own business or be the entrepreneur on Instagram this week, you know, whatever it may be. Um, what is it that really, really, I guess what we'll start with you, Tommy, what's, what are you so like, what are you passionate about now versus when you started? Because I feel like that shifts. I know it has for me. So when you started your own business and you probably were like, I'm sure you did it just for money or whatever it may be, where did it shift at and where are you at now? Um, I would say in the beginning, it was more out of necessity. You know, I didn't really even think about why am I doing this other than, you know, bills are still going to be due. I still need to pay those. And this is kind of what I did before whenever I went out on my own. And the difference now, um, I started giving back some to the community. Uh, recently, now that we've grown to a level, we can do that. I really enjoy that. Um, that's nice. It's kind of that, some of that feel-good uh, moments in business. But I would say my drive, what still makes me uh, hit the pavement so hard, is yeah. it's still money. But it's not. You know, I grew up. I mean, I can say I grew up poor, but that yeah. doesn't describe it. I mean, you're talking like there was times we didn't know how we would eat. 
um, as a family. Yeah. You know, and then so my mom was a single mom. She worked three jobs. Well, we cleaned two daycares that my brother and I would help clean. And I mean, I wasn't even in school yet. So that's, I wasn't even four years old at that point. We lived in a little bitty trailer mm -hmm. uh, out in Stonewall area. That and for anyone to listen, basically we're in North Louisiana right now. So that's just a uh, kind of a rural area south of, um, you know, the Northwest Louisiana. So. Yeah, it was tiny. Um, so that was kind of the, just the lifestyle and didn't really know much, you know, the only clothes I got were whatever my brother had that would hand down, yeah. you know, to me as things went on. And so I don't ever want that lifestyle again. It's, yeah. it's hard and it's tough and I don't want my children to have that kind of lifestyle either. So, you know, I hit, uh, there was a, uh, finally hit a point and made a determination that I will not live that yeah. again and that's not going to happen. And I don't want just to do well. I want to do so well that like I have stupid money. Like yeah. I, I want to, you know, you see these things on TV and you see these people that, you know, they blow money on something that you think this is just stupid. Like yeah. I bought a red car because I already had all these others. I, wanted, yeah. I, needed, I didn't have a red one, so I bought a red one. Yeah. <laughs> I want that kind of money where if I choose to do that, I can do that. Plus I can give back. Yeah. So much more with that. I have a lot of ideas that I would like to do that are uh, community-based, but they take financing. They're going to take money to make some of those things happen. Um, so I need that success so I can fund some of those ventures that I that I would also be very passionate about. Yeah. Well, I mean that's good, and I think um, you know a lot of people it shifts for people. You know, at first it's about money, and then they get tied up, and then they make the wrong decisions, and then it crashes and burns, or they lose the value of the client, the service, and then it's just, you know, trickled down from there. Well, what about you, Clay? So now, I guess, going from one, one industry to now having your own business, and even starting a small business for a little while, stepping out of that, now you're in a manufacturing business, what's your passion now versus when, you know, the shift, or, you know, maybe when you started versus, you know, now? What, is there a difference there? Is it the same? Yeah, so... Um you know, uh, I was just talking about this a little bit earlier today. Uh, I had a vendor stop by that has really helped us along the way uh, to get started. And he said, hey, are, are, when you look around, are, are you are you proud? Are you proud of what you've done? And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, all the equipment's here and we've accomplished so much. And I'm, a prou I'm proud of what we've accomplished. But really, I'm really primarily concerned about hitting my targets, right, for mm -hmm. this year. And, uh, you know, uh, meeting and exceeding our model. So what's really driving me now is... Okay, now I know it's possible. So how can I perform? So that's what drives me. That's what that's what makes me wake up every day. Is what can I do today to ensure that I'm going to hit these goals this year and hopefully exceed them? Um, in addition to that, I've really been intrigued by um, the local workforce that I've been in touch with um, mm -hmm. through the hiring process. I've found some great people right there in Southern Hills. I apologize, that's a neighborhood here in Shreveport. Yeah. Uh, some great people that they really want training. They want a career path, and we can offer that here. And it's so humbling to, to be able to be a part of that, but also to, to show them, you know, to lead by example, to, to be out there with them uh, and, and help them, uh, you know, through the process. That, that's been uh, a really good thing to do. So, so that, that's uh, the two different uh, uh, points there. But the third one that I'll make is really um, I would really – it really success does bring a comfortable type of lifestyle mm -hmm. primarily meaning kind of what Tommy has touched on it takes the stressors away yeah I've been stressed for a good while now mm -hmm. since the day that I got laid off until now and I'm continuing to be stressed but it's manageable I've learned how to manage a whole lot of stress 
and I'm very uh, thankful for what I, what I have and what I've what I've been able to accomplish. And ultimately, for me, is uh, success to me would be able to live a comfort comfortable lifestyle to minimize the stressors. Yeah. So I can live for for my family, you know. Okay. So. Well, I mean, that, I mean, that's a, I mean, that's that's great. You know, I think that's a good reason. Now they say you were talking about we were talking about money and being comfortable and stress. So they also say more money, more problems. Um, I do believe that in a sense, but I think typically people create themselves more problems because of money and maybe even stretch themselves too thin. Like right now, how many of us live in a house that we only use twenty percent of? Why the hell do we have a 2,000 square foot house and we only use 500 square foot of it? You know, like we stretch ourselves so thin just for, you know, the instant gratification or worrying about what someone else thinks or, you know, convenience. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, having having more money and being successful does take the stress off of you, of course, in a sense, you know, as far as being able to pay the bills and stuff. But, I mean, what are your guys' take on that? I think you can you can spend yourself right out of all that money yeah. really quick. It spends way easier than you make it. Yeah. So uh, where I would see on a lot of that people that say more money, more problems is going to be their misuse of their yep. money. And that's what's causing more problems. So if, if you match your cash flow out every month, you're going to have problems. You're going to have stress. There's no way around it because when, you know, when the bell tolls and all those bills come due, yep. you need that cash on hand to pay those. Well, it's one thing if you have, three times, 10 times that amount sent in the bank, so you just pay it and, and move on, versus, oh no, how do I make that? Or now I need to borrow that, now you're on credit, which now you owe more based on that credit, because yeah. there's interest attached to it. Mm -hmm. So you're actually creating another bill that you see nothing for it. So I try to keep no debt, yeah. uh, and, and with my company at this point, there is zero debt to my company. Well, that's that's something to be said, because a lot of people work 20 years to get there and you know have a but then, you know, from another point, so basically you, what I see a lot too in, in, in entrepreneurship and small businesses and people, you know, running their own show is they get to a point where they're comfortable and they just stop grinding. I feel like I see that a lot. And I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that because it's like, there's so much more, especially if you're passionate about what you're doing. So say, say you grind your ass off, you make this money, you get to a point where you're making, say, it, Hypothetically, your business is making half a million dollars a year. Okay, I'm set. I'm great. Everything's good. Where do you go from there? So I think that one of the issues that may happen in some of that is people deal with burnout. Because yeah. when you're doing this, and you know, we call it digging the trenches, when you're doing that in the beginning and you're doing those 12 and those 14-hour days, eventually you get like, oh, my gosh, exactly. that's the last thing I want to do. Exactly. You need to find a way to recharge. And that's one thing. It's funny, over since I'm not, I would say, formally educated in business, mm -hmm. But I do, I, I read a lot, I look at a lot of things. I, I disagree. I, if you're in the grind and you're in the gutter, that's yeah, only yeah, 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 A piece of, yeah, of paper is not going to give you the experience you need. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I did go back to college and take a few business classes. Um, that's a whole different subject at that point. But I think when you start doing that and you start looking at why some of these businesses do what they do, when you're running a business, you start seeing why they do those things. So when people may want to complain that they see their boss or some of the executives, man, they just seem to take a lot of vacations every year. Well, he needs it. You may not understand <laughs> to the level that he needs it. And that's yeah. one thing I'm really bad about is actually taking time away yeah. and recharge those batteries, refresh, re-get that energy back into you. So when you come back, you're, you know, you're good, you're refreshed, and you're ready to hit the ground running again. Um, and I think when you just push and push and push, you need to really try to take time, which, uh, you know, I'm terrible. Like I said, I'll, I'm terrible at doing this myself. 
but you, you really need to do that. And that's one thing I talked to my wife about over the holidays is we're going to really start focusing on doing that is getting away. Well, Clay, y'all y'all do that. So I noticed you do take a, quite a bit of time, you know, to, to spend time with your family and kind of step out of the business. How, what's your, what's your take on that versus what well, we're talking about? I mean, yeah. How's that, how's that match up? You know, my dad, my dad's my best friend and he has always told me, you got to let the high times carry the load. Yeah. Kind of like work hard, play hard, but it's a gamble, right? I had, I had to make a conscious decision uh, to take time away because mm-hmm. I know I'm risking whatever it is I'm not there uh, for. And so, but, I, but you know, once I hit 40, I started living for, instead of living for the weekends, I started living for every day. Yeah. And so I, it's very, very difficult to manage. And I try to do it in a manner where um, I can continue to create as much value as I need to and have to and want to. But I also I, I, I try to spend as much time as, as I can with my family, uh, and I try to make it you know maybe a long weekend or lately it's been every other weekend on the soccer field. Mm-hmm. We travel a lot for soccer, and for, from Friday to Sunday we get to spend time together, the four of us in a hotel, and so that's a lot of fun. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I had to make a conscious decision to manage my time the best that I possibly could so that nobody misses me if I'm away from work. Right. And, but also my family can always remember me being there. But lately, I've been working every weekend. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's Christmas it. break because part of it. with all the downtime with my children and everything else, it allows me to be at work all the time, which is great right now. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I think where all this is going basically is just balance. I think, you know, being able to balance it all out because I, I feel like, it's always too far left or too far right in the aspects of are you spending enough time in the grind or are you have you gotten complacent or comfortable so you backed off on your worth ethic you know i think it boils down to okay how do i keep that balance and uh still grind still stay in it still you know try to stay um you know where i'm cutting different angles making better moves being efficient but also still taking the time to recharge and recalibrate you know, right. I think that matches up well with, you know, kind of what we're getting at. So all that being said, we have about, we went blue through this pretty quick. We have about 15 minutes left, I think. So yeah. I'm going to give you guys a few things for coming on the show today. Yeah. Um, so Clay, a mutual friend of ours told me that you like golf. I do. So I'm not, a, I don't play golf at all. I'm good yeah. at drinking and riding a golf cart. That's all I'm good at. <laughs> so I got some golf balls, man. Hopefully those are good golf balls. I have no idea. I asked some people, they're like, get these. I was like, okay. And um, Tommy, so I know you're into the health and fitness stuff. So I got you a card. This is for Ironworks. Um, a friend of mine, he's been on the awesome. podcast. Um, I don't know if you've been there yet, but it's a good spot. You can get yeah. you know, protein shakes, protein yeah, bars. Awesome, man. I appreciate that. But um, just in the gist of things, based on what we've covered and a little bit about what we talked about today, do you guys have anything you want to back up, back up the message with? Um, I would say, you know, I know a lot about what we talked about today was business related. We didn't, we didn't really go into some of the extra stuff outside of that. But I would say keep grounded, keep some hobbies. Don't consume yourself entirely because uh, then it you'll keep your mind more open and, and keep that energy and that drive to go out there and really, you know, you can give, you can give those long days, but if you're only giving 50%, then you might as well, you know, have done half that day where you could give a hundred percent. Yeah. What about you, Clay? What you got? Uh, yeah, a, a couple of things, you know, number one, I talked about my dad and I, you know, really good buddies and he, he raised me to listen. Yeah. And, uh, I, I have found that it's so powerful. Uh, 
it, it never hurts to listen to somebody else who knows a lot more about I anything than agree. you do. Yeah, right? I completely agree. And and uh, also it helps you study body language. It helps you study personality traits. It helps you to be a lot more effective at communication. Mm-hmm. The second thing I wanted to talk about is vigilance. Um, I, I've shared this before in some other groups, but there were so many times when I wanted to give up in order to get to where I before I got to where I am today. And what really kept me from giving up is is to be vigilant and um, I'm really good at logistics. I, I actually like the pressure in, in a startup environment, but I can see how somebody could get burned out. But um, I stayed vigilant to myself, to what to what I needed to accomplish. I would focus on the task at hand instead of the 500 foot view. Yeah. Uh, so that really helped me get through some things. And then third of all would be, you know, I think the secret to every uh, successful person is a good family behind them. And I'm just so thankful uh, to have what I have at home and be able to go home every day to a great family. And uh, it really helps me to, you know, uh, establish relationships with other families. And uh, I'm just really thankful for that. So that's, well, and, and you said something about, um, you know, diligence and people get like, they get kind of burnt out or basically demotivated real quick. And I think, here's my take on it. I think that basically that happens because people have this expectation these unrealistic expectations. They see someone successful and they don't understand all they went through to get there. Right. They it's just the picture of the iceberg. Exactly. They don't yeah. see all that under the water. Exactly. Yeah. They don't. No one does. And I think that's the best thing right now that you can do if you want to motivate someone or show people is show them the grind. Because no one respects the grind if they don't see it. They don't know about it. They don't know it exists. They never saw it. All they know is I see you standing over there. You're successful. You look like you're doing well. And you tell me, okay, well, I worked hard and, you know, I did these few things and they don't understand the nuts and the bolts, you know, the grind or, you know, and I think it's just because unrealistic expectations, you know, they just, it's, it's sitting out there. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to start my own business. I want to be the boss. And as soon as they start it, it's hard. And they're like, oh, I can't do it this. I quit. Well, that, that the examples that they're looking at are all the successes. Yeah, exactly. You know, they're exactly. They're not looking at the they don't look at all the people that didn't no. make it. You know, and then when you talk about starting a business, it's a very low percentage that actually survive. Yeah, you got to say. Yeah, most businesses fail. So if you don't fail, you're already doing better than the majority out there. Exactly. And I would say if anybody watching this podcast is, is watching with the intent that maybe they've they've toyed with the idea of starting a business or or going out on this entrepreneurship kind of a lifestyle is. Don't don't stop everything you're doing currently and just dive into I it agree. with all you got. I agree. You know, you can dip your toe. You know, do it as a do it. As, I hate the word hobby, do but do it part time at first. Side you know, hustle. Side hustle. Side hustle yep. until <laughs> it makes enough money that it compensates that you can then quit your job. Exactly. And at that level, you can start. You know, maybe looking at some. Because you can be passionate about making baskets if that's what you want to do. Absolutely. But you don't have the you know you don't have the finances to jump off and go create this e commerce platform. You can sell it online. You know, or whatever it may be, or buy all the inventory where you can make it at scale. So you have to start off somewhere. That's right. Generate. You know, slowly build it up, and then say, okay. I got enough of my side hustle now that I can stop my real job and put all my focus in this. Well, it helps you test to make sure there's a need for your product. Yeah, exactly. That too. I mean, that too. Even though you love it, it may suck. You know, right? And you don't know. You don't don't know know what will. And I've seen a million businesses like that. Case in point, there was one um, not too far from here that opened. I'm not going to say what it was. All I'm saying is that it opened, and it did great in another market. 
but it wasn't meant for this market, mm-hmm. and so it failed. Yeah. They said, oh, that's a great thing. I love it. Well, it can be great, and you can be passionate about it, but if it doesn't fill the market space, it's not going to be successful, you know? So, you know, one thing I'll say is, or one thing i like to leave the listeners with is a saying that I've I kind of live my life by, and that is embrace adversity. Yeah. I mean, with change, there's opportunity. Yeah. So if something, quote, sucks, embrace it. Right? Yeah, I mean. That's what the SEALs say, embrace the suck. Yeah. Right? And they're really good at what they do, and they fail a lot to, to become good at what they do. You know? I mean, yeah, and you hear this all the time, and people won't love to post inspirational quotes and memes yeah. and all that, man, but if you really don't live it, you don't know. That's right. You know, if you don't know how bad it feels to be broke <laughs> yeah, while you're doing what you what you love and still trying to make me, you know what I mean? It's, I see it all over my Facebook, you know, with people that we've been, either been in networking groups yeah. with and so forth, and, the, and they post inspirational quotes all the time. Yeah. And, you know, I, I can't help but think it's only, you're, you're making the post, but are you applying it yeah. in your day-to-day? Or, or the people that complain. Man, my day was so horrible, but was it? You're in the top 7%. If you are in this country, in this environment, you're in the top 7% of the world. Yep. Your day didn't suck. It didn't suck. It didn't suck. You have all your limbs. Your kids are eating. Yeah. You have a vehicle. You're going to work. You have a job. So they didn't make your coffee right today. Case in point, that family we just helped at, um, at Christmas. Time. Yeah. Case in point. So with that uh, lady and her husband, yeah. he has a decent job. Um, he's, you know, he's making, I guess, decent money, mm-hmm. but not to support two people plus six children. That's a lot. Which they had to take on, you know, his children from some abuse stuff mm-hmm. that had happened. And then in, in there, when we had the nomination thing, she had mentioned, you know, that she was sick or it had mentioned in the story that she was sick. Mm-hmm. Well, come to find out whenever I was talking to her when we were doing all of this stuff, she has cancer. Okay. So she's going to have to start, the, they're going to start with the pill, chemo and all mm-hmm. that. So it really kind of puts things in perspective. You think you're having a bad day. Yeah. She was worried because when they were about to have the kids out for two weeks over their Christmas, you know, break. She's like, how do I feed six kids at home? Wow. Yeah, you know, for two makes weeks. sense because they're they're getting if they're getting assistance in school, or whatever. Exactly, maybe. and now they're going to be home yeah. for two weeks. And, so I, and just so you guys put this in perspective, basically, um, so Tommy, uh, I helped him with the marketing campaign, and we basically um, offered a nomination spot on social media to where someone could nominate a family wow. in the holidays time that's in need. Wow! And then we vetted those families and. Basically, Tommy was able to pick one that he saw most beneficial. Like they would be benefit the most out of this, and then he, you know, got with them and took them shopping. And and y'all bought wow, more so food. Good. Y'all got more food than you did more toys. food than anything. So, so that uh, really tells you that re- that was they were really in need, and they, yeah. you know, something oh, yeah. was there. I asked her. I told her, you know, kind of get an idea of where you want to go and what you want to do. And so when she showed up for us to go do the shopping, I said, you know, hey, have you, have you come across anything that you're really interested in? She said, yeah, I was talking to some other friends and. And uh, I think what I'd really like to do is go to Sam's and get a Sam's Club membership, and then we could get some groceries. And yeah. Like, wow. Awesome. Let's go do that. Yeah. So that's the first thing we did. And we spent the majority of the budget. We had set, well, we had set an initial budget to the side, and then um, I went and raised some more money outside of that through some other people uh, to give to her as well. And But more than half was spent on food. Yeah. And so, but it, don't don't feel good. So you're in a point now to where you've created a business and you're you're successful enough where you can set that money to the side and help someone who really needs it. Oh, absolutely. You know, and then for everyone that's listening, you think your day sucks. Come on now. I mean, these people had six kids um, together, didn't have enough money to pay for those kids' food, and this lady has cancer and still dealing with wow. the abuse in the court 
Yeah, system, the system, yeah, for all that, that we'd be getting custody and all that stuff. And oh man, it was terrible. And then you know, one of the other things, whenever I was talking to her and telling her she won, you know, she broke down crying because one of the things they had just done is that one of the kids was wanting uh, an animal, you know, like a pet for Christmas. Right. So it just so happened the husband at work, somebody had found a stray kitten. They brought the so they brought that home. The kids were all excited. Somehow, accident thing, it climbed into a mop bucket and had drowned. Uh oh. So they had just done. I mean, it was like they were yeah. just getting kicked. Yeah, they just. I mean, just man, that's sort of constant. So well, well, I mean, any final thoughts, guys? We're about to shut this down, but I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I, I just want to share one quick thing. Yeah, this story really touched me. Uh, I was brought to my knees when I interviewed a gentleman who didn't. He didn't have more than a few months tenure on his resume. Come to find out he was a primary caretaker for his wife, okay. who's bedridden with pain, and his son has um, autism. So it brought me to my knees. So long story short, I called my wife. We canceled all of our plans that night. We went on a shopping spree, and they let us into their home. I was so thankful that they let my family help them because it meant so much to my family, too. Right. Anyway, I'll never forget that part of 2019. Well, and that, and that I'm stuff like to do that every year. Well, I, I stuff, need to do that every year. Yeah, I mean stuff like that. You just forget. You just get into the motion, and you get to flow, and you're worried about yourself. You're worried about your family, and you forget about all these other people. That's right. There, yeah, there's a lot of people out there just asking for a handout, but there are a lot of people out there busting their ass and that need some help. You know, and if if yeah. you're you're fortunate enough to rear in a spot where you can help, why not? You know, that's right. I think you know. I think it's where we're at now, but. Thank you guys so much for coming on, and everyone, please subscribe to the podcast. Thanks.